Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listening to the Solar Panel, the Phoenix Sun Show. Okay, good morning. We are live on the Solar Panel. It's kind of a ragtag morning. I mistakenly set this for Sunday, so I don't know how many people thought, hey, let's make sure it's Saturday and just showed up anyway. So, welcome the few of you that are already tuned in. Everyone else is going to get their notifications and join us soon. You are watching the sun solar panel uh we do a saturday morning edition uh live and this one just happens to be after that second big suns warriors game zona hoops how you doing this morning not too bad uh the streak's finally over kind of forgot what it felt like to to lose a game so uh nice to get humbled i guess every once in a while man it was frustrating while we were going through that game i was watching i was like what is this team? What team is playing right now? And some of it was probably the Warriors defense, certainly their effort, but a lot of it was just, they didn't, the Suns didn't play like they've been playing for the past 20 games. Yeah. I think it's just a combination of second of a back-to-back and you're, you're playing against a team that has been, you know, had two days of rest. They're sitting there pissed off, ready to get their revenge. So they're, they're locked in and, you know, the Suns are down Booker and then the Bridges thing happens and just kind of spiraled. Um, it was it was a competitive game until the Warriors really turned it up a notch. And I think just the the fatigue probably settled yeah. in a little bit. And and yeah, and, I mean, when Toscano Anderson's having a game like that and all the role players are going like they're, they're a very tough team to beat. They are a very tough team to beat. You know what? When Gary Payton Jr. makes three out of five or Gary Payton the second. I think it is officially uh, yeah. makes three out of five threes. And the guy that's, that's kind of like um, uh, Alfred Payton making three out of five threes. I feel like, you know, and if that you know, happened in the game, is, uh, we'd be very happy. Chris Paul's played against uh, Gary Payton. Like I, yeah. I checked, I had to check the, his retired date it was like mm-hmm. 2007, I think. So he, he played him uh, a few times with the Pel- or the Hornets back in the day. Yes. So that's, that's pretty funny. Yeah, he talked about it in his post game last night. He says, it's been a long career when I played against his dad. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And so now he can say he played against the the kid. And that's, you know, just one more thing, one more notch in his belt. Um, Iverson Vlogs in the chat. Welcome, folks who are here in the chat. Iverson Vlogs um, asks, can campaign ever pass the ball? That is a question, isn't it, man? Um, so, Zona, why don't you take the first crack at that one? 
Uh, I'm actually fine with, I mean, obviously it was a rough shooting night and you, you'd like him to try to get others involved when he's off like that. But I think with Booker out, he was kind of their only option outside of Paul to just create offense. And, uh, you know, I'm fine with them shooting that many shots. Unfortunately, it, it turned out the way it did. And, uh, hopefully as a bounce back game, but, uh, I think with Booker out and just their, their lack of creation, you kind of had to play like that. And I think that was probably there like by design. Um, but yeah, it's like the Dion waiters meme that I saw yesterday. Just, you know, I'd rather go zero for 30 than zero for nine. Cause if you go zero for nine, it means you lost confidence. It's just <laughs> yeah. kind of the game it was for, for pain. Well, he definitely, uh, he definitely, I don't know. I feel like he lost confidence and panicked and shot way too much. That was my feeling. I, I feel yeah, I, it looked like he lost confidence, but I'm, I'm looking at, uh, Gary Payton. Or, ah, here I got Gary Payton still on the brain campaigns. Um, I'm looking at his, his game logs. All right. And the ever, we probably are microcosming the one game a little bit much. Uh, he has averaged a, a, he's just under three assists a game in his just under 20 minutes a game of play. He got a few extra minutes on Friday night, so it looked worse maybe than than we would want it to. And he definitely went, he went three for 17, which is the most shots he's ever taken uh, in, a, in, well, this season for the Suns. I didn't look back in previous season's game logs. But how many games uh, this season since the winning streak started, since he came back from his hamstring, do you think campaign was a uh, negative, a uh, plus minus on the court? Uh, how many games is that total? About. Uh, let's see. He's got, let's see, game eight through 23. So 15 games. 15. Um, say six. Yeah, he has been a net. Uh, net negative in uh, one, two, three, four, five. Seven. Wow, perfect, man. Seven, seven. Uh, he's never been a. He hasn't been a minus thirty, but he was a minus twenty-two in his first game back after coming back from the hamstring. The Suns have won all the games until Friday night, so it kind of it kind of hid. So what what message am I? What what? How am I answering Iverson Vogt's question? Does he ever pass? Um, and you answered with, does he, does he, you know, if he needs to shoot and he can score, he should do that. He's been making fewer shots this year than he has in prior years for the Suns, And so that's been frustrating to watch. And um, he is turning out to be a net negative, but his, his average assists are about the same as they were a year ago. So he's just never been a big assist guy. Then you bring in Alfred Payton. Uh, thinking, oh well, he's an assist first guy. He's a he's a career kind of like a really poor man's Rajon Rondo, where he can't shoot but he can pass, and he can set guys up and he can play some defense. Alfred Payton seems like he passes less than Campaign does. Yeah, he's uh, it's a little bit too much Alfred Payton every time he comes in. It feels like um, I kind of get where Knicks fans are coming from in terms of. Like they're happy to let him go this offseason. Uh, and just looking at the Suns roster, down Nader, down Kaminsky, down Booker, and you already have an open roster spot, and Dario's taking up another one. So it kind of shows you that the lack of depth, um, and just especially in a game like this, second of a back-to-back. I believe they sent uh, Hutchison over to the G League, uh, the Warriors G League affiliate. So Oh, they I mean, did. The Warriors yeah. G League affiliate. Oh, my God. And th- so well, he's going to learn how thin. to pass, I guess. <laughs> 
Yeah, so they were pretty thin last night. Um, and that's why Wainwright got a first crack. And even at the end when they had, they had to put their garbage players in, it was like, you know, Cam Payne and Cam Johnson were in there with the, the rest of those guys. there aren't any left. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, recapping, we jumped into this a little bit. We should probably let people know where we're coming from here. Uh, the Phoenix Suns played the Golden State Warriors on Friday night. They lost by, it felt like a billion, but it was only about 18. Uh, it was a close game, 58 to 56 in the third quarter. And the Suns were staying alive, even though they were shooting 35% in the game. They were staying alive by getting to the free throw line, which is actually a, a kind of a change of pace. But the Warriors are being so physical that uh, the Suns did whatever they could to get uh, to stay in the game. And so they got to the free throw line. And uh, the Suns, they were, it's 58-56. The Warriors make three straight threes, and all of a sudden it feels like the game is over. And that's the, been the Warriors' staple this whole season. The Warriors played their game at home. They made 50% of their threes, uh, and that is a key for them. And the Suns, we talked about this last week, it, um, the Suns have to not lose the three-point game badly. And they absolutely did on Friday night, and that's what happens. Uh, we we were on with Chris Herring earlier this week, and we talked about that. Do the you know, the three point deficit for the Suns is that a big deal? And he's like, no, as long as they're making all their other shots. Well, they shot thirty five percent for the game, so that that just isn't gonna that just didn't happen. Um, so the the Suns lost to the Warriors. It broke their eighteen game franchise record, eighteen game winning streak. And we're going to talk about the winning streak in a little bit and whether the Friday night game is more indicative of the Suns going forward or the 18-game winning streak is more indicative. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Right now, we're just recapping Friday's game and talking about what we what we got out of it and uh, just letting our frustrations out just a little bit before we move on to uh, looking forward, going forward. Um, so we uh, we had that game. Uh, that's, that's what actually happened on Friday night. This is Saturday morning. The Suns only played two games in the next week and they're both at home. So they'll be able to, they'll be able to heal up just a little bit. Uh, what other takes do you have from that Warriors game on what went right and what went wrong for the Suns? Honestly, I thought, uh, it was kind of a scheduled loss in a way. And, uh, you know, obviously coming off the second of back-to-back, no Booker. Um, I, I thought they defended Steph pretty well, all things considered. He's still – I mean, he hit six threes, but outside of that, he was, I think, like two for ten on twos. So. Inside the line, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they, they really – I think their their defense has bothered him. Um, but they're able to win in spite of that just because of their contribute uh, contributions from, like, Gary Payton uh, to Scott Anderson. Draymond had a productive game defensively at six steals. Like, I don't know if the Suns players, like, read the scouting report on him, but you should never throw a a bounce pass around him. And I felt like they kept trying to do that. And, uh, yeah, that's that's what's going to happen. So he had six steals and three blocks, so he was really active. Uh, Wiggins played well. So I think it was just kind of, you know, their depth really helped them out. And um, I think Tuesday's game is more of an indicator of, like, this what this matchup would look like in terms of if these teams are both at full strength and rested. But we overall, hope, right? Yeah, I mean, it's the Suns one <laughs> Tuesdays. But even then, overall, regular season games mean very little in the grand scheme of things. Like these teams are going to look a lot different come playoff time, and they're going to be have like you know four games of film to look look over, plus the whole re- like rest of the regular season to uh, change things and make adjustments. So 
honestly, like, I'm not just saying this because they lost, but like both of those games, like, really don't mean much when looking big picture, but just in the regular season, it's just, it's fun to have those big games against the top teams and, and take the wins and uh, all the takes good and bad that come with, you know, both sides of the coin. So uh, yeah, overall, this is just kind of an expected loss. I think for many, if the Warriors didn't win this game, then that would say a lot more about them than it would the Suns. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, they did what they had to do. Let's talk about what the Suns were missing uh, in that game. They were missing all-star Devin Booker. And of course the Warriors were missing Clay Thompson, but they've been missing Clay Thompson for a couple of years now. And he uh, will be back. Supposedly Clay will be back in the next several weeks. Booker will be back in the next several weeks. Uh, Booker had, has a slightly pulled hamstring and the Suns don't seem to be worried about it when asked about his injury uh, on Thursday or Friday. I think it might've been Friday. Monty Williams said it's mostly rest right now. They're just want to rest. Devin Booker with his hamstring. They don't want it to linger and they want uh, to strengthen the muscles around it because he has had some um, off and on hamstring pulls and he had one in the finals last year in game three of the finals. And while he played pretty well, the rest of the finals, he didn't play his top, his very best. Uh, So Suns are going to play it really, really safe with Devin Booker with his pulled hamstring. Uh, they played safe with campaign earlier this year on a pulled hamstring, and he was out two full weeks. Uh, and then uh, obviously DeAndre Aiden, we know about him sitting out for uh, for a length of time for a couple of weeks during this win streak as well. So the Suns are not going to force uh, Suns are not going to force Devin Booker back onto the court any sooner than he has to. These games don't matter as much as we want them to. We live, eat, and breathe these games. They live, eat, and breathe these games. But then as soon as the game's over, they realize that win doesn't mean a ton and the loss doesn't mean a ton. Every game is a 1-0. Even during the win streak, the Suns had 18 straight wins. Um, every one of them was like, "This is we're just 1-0 after tonight. And I think they're, Chris Paul was cracking jokes after the game on Friday. He was that unimpressed or, or unworried about, about the outcome. Um couple of folks in the chat are saying playing without Booker is good for the Suns in the long run. They'll build confidence. Sawbucks, they'll build confidence and not depend on Booker to bail them out. Let me post that that comment. That's good. Uh, they're still going to depend on Booker. Ultimately, I get what you're saying, Sawbucks. They need to learn how to play without needing Booker every time they need a bucket. Uh, campaign did not step up well in this game. Landry Shamet kind of did, but you can tell why Landry Shamet's a bench guy and and Devin Booker's an all-star. Because as as well as I thought Landry Shamet played on Friday, he just wasn't a difference maker. Um, yeah, uh, Iverson vlogs. I'm probably frustrated just because it's Golden State. Yep, you probably are. <laughs> uh, the Suns did finally lose a game with Devin Booker, uh, age 25. It took 19 games, but he, they finally lost a game for him. Yeah, so if they go 18 and one every 19 games from now on, I'm pretty good with that. Yeah, I saw a but, Warriors fan tweet out uh, one lost December. I saw after, that too. And I was like, that, I'm fine with that. That works for me. I, yeah, what? One, why one did he think that was a burn? <laughs> it, you know, it'd be hilarious, and it's probably not going to happen. But if they actually ended up going December with just that one loss, just that tweet would just be recycled back and just look hilarious. Because it would include a win over Golden State Christmas Day. So that'd be really funny. Yeah. Iverson vlogs again. Every time when Booker gets hurt, it feels like it's a hamstring. That's absolutely 
true. Um, it does feel like it's a hamstring. And uh, all his nagging injuries from prior years seem to, you know, uh, knock on wood, seem to have gone away. Um, but when he does miss time, it does feel like it's hamstring. And Monty did reference that on Friday. And so they just want to take it super easy with him so it doesn't keep recurring. Uh, Jim Rose Circus, are we 0-1 in December? No, we're 1-1 because of the Pistons win. So Suns aren't even with a losing record after only two games. So let's let's just feel a little bit better. The other injuries the Suns are dealing with. Mikel Bridges. When he got uh, uh, tackled, I'm going to say tackled. I'm joking, though. Uh, Warriors fans, as you're watching this, he wasn't tackled by Juan Toscano Anderson. If if uh, JTA was on my team, I would love him. Absolutely. You guys got to understand when uh, opposing fans are salty, they're salty because they're opposing fans. They're not your fans. Uh, but JTA, great uh, great effort on that. They both dove, uh, JTA and Mikel both dove for a loose ball. Mikel landed weirdly on his on his arm. And I thought there was a chance because he landed all his weight on his right um, wrist, basically. Um, I thought there was a chance he'd have a spiral fracture of the of the uh, elbow because he came up really, really in pain. And then I thought also, of course, he might have broken his wrist or even dislocated the wrist. None of that actually turned out to be true. All he did, because the the dude is Inspector Gadget, so he doesn't actually have bones to break in his body, I don't think. Mikel just basically dislocated the pinky. They put it back in place. They taped it next to his, his, his other finger. Yet, I don't think... Um, I don't think he uh, he wanted to shoot the ball the rest of the game because he he definitely passed up shots. What did you see on that? What was your reaction and all that, Zona? Yeah, uh, first of all, Kellen Olson dodged a bullet. Uh, he he wrote a story about Mikel's like being an Iron Man, uh, literally yesterday, I believe, or maybe the day yep. before. Right and before this game, yeah. Uh-huh. It, it's something I wanted to talk about, but. I've just not tweeted about it or like wrote about it just because of that. Like I was afraid I was going to jinx Karma. it. So yep. mm-hmm. he dodged a bullet there, but yeah, that was scary. I'm glad he's okay. Um, you know, especially with the timing, you know, with Booker going down, like if, if he had a missed time, that would have been uh, very bad. So glad he's okay. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, he does need to be more aggressive offensively. I think just in a game like that, obviously his hands hurt. It's, it's going to be tough, but I think he only had four shots that game. Um, I would just like to see him attack guys off the dribble a little more often. It looks like sometimes when he catches it, he's just looking to pass or just, you know, I know he's like programmed like that from Villanova, but uh, yeah, that's, that's probably the next step for him. I think just being a little more aggressive offensively and the comment earlier talking about Booker being out could be good for their like development. I think for him and Aiton, uh, McKell and Aiton, they both yeah. need to kind of just get those field goal attempts up. I think DeAndre's had like uh 30 field goal attempts in the last two games, which is, is a positive. And he's getting in the free throw line a lot more. Um, and finally remembered how to shoot free throws again last night. So that was good. Um, but yeah, overall, I think right now this is a good learning experience. They only have two games in the next week. So that'll give them some time to recover, hopefully, both at home too. So, um, you know, it's been a crazy stretch, but now things kind of slow down a little bit. So it's that's good for them moving forward. Let's take a quick break and talk about our friends over at DraftKings. The NHL season is underway, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. 
Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest on basketball, football, UFC, whatever, whatever sport you want, whatever there's betting on, you can do it. You can win cash prizes, big cash prizes. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. That's TBPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older if you're in New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah, in the last three games... DeAndre Ayton has had 46 field goal attempts, which is about 15 a game, which is uh, his for the last year and a half. He's been since Chris Paul came in, he's been around 10 or 11 field goal attempts. So those have gone up. So uh, 11 of 19, 7 of 11, and then 7 of 16 on Friday. So he had 19 field goals on Wednesday against Golden State and then 16 on Friday. Clearly, Golden State was trying to get the Suns to get DeAndre Ayton uh, to be the focal point of the offense, partially because uh, he he doesn't generate a lot of and ones where he actually makes the shot. Um, he allows himself. And, and again, I don't want to make this sound like I think he's soft because I don't think he's soft. I just think he doesn't want to miss his shots. And so he avoids contact. There's been a lot of players in history do that. Uh, when he gets contact, he doesn't finish through it very often. Uh, so the Warriors were counting on that, that two points or, or one of two points if he misses a free throw and letting that happen. So they, that's how they focused their defense. And in the two games, he was a net zero on the scoreboard. He was a plus 16 on Wednesday and a minus 16 on Friday. Um, he, he missed a lot of his early shots. He, Draymond forced him away from the basket a little bit, made his shots tougher, um, a lot of times. And, uh, so the Suns kind of played into the Warriors' hands with DA getting more shot attempts. But your point there, Zona, being the development isn't necessarily – I went straight to like Landry Shamit and campaign. You're right. The development is that Mikael Bridges or DeAndre Ayton can be a good number two to Chris Paul. That's where the Suns really need to focus this next couple of weeks is how can they develop one of those two guys into being more reliable when Booker's not available. Yeah, so it's not the bench guys stepping up. It's those two becoming real number twos because eventually Chris Paul is going to retire and or become less effective and Devin Booker's going to be need a number two and the Suns shouldn't have to acquire that person. Of course, it would be ideal if they do, uh, but they shouldn't have to. And can Mikel and can DeAndre Aiden step up in their absences? That'd be great. Now, of course, Mikel has that dislocated finger on his right hand it may naturally heal. The dude is made of rubber, I think. Uh, so it, it may just be totally fine the next game. But um, you can tell that DeAndre felt engaged on Friday and Wednesday. He was really focused. And in the first half of the Detroit game, too, he had a double-double. Really focused and really good about just doing the most he can to get deep seals and to get nice close paint shots. He's doing a lot better the last few games. It's not a difference maker for the Suns offensively. He's more of a difference maker defensively. Um, so I'm curious. 
about Mikkel. Now, uh, let's talk a little bit about, and you started to, and then uh, um, uh, we need, I want to go back to it. Let's talk a little bit about how Mikkel was running a little bit of Devin Booker's uh, plays in preseason and what you might think if, if they can get Mikkel shooting again, even with the, uh, with the hurt finger, what do you think you might, we might see of Mikkel Bridges in the offense without Devin Booker in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, I think just running more pick and rolls for him, just getting him in situations where he's at an advantage because, you know, he's not going to create one-on-one in an ISO. It's not really his game. But I think in the Milwaukee series that there's times where they could have used some, some like, you know, creation from Mikel in any way, shape, or form. So I think between him and DeAndre, uh, just getting them more involved. Like And like you mentioned, it's, it's not the role players that, like, we know they're going to, you know, step up with Booker out in terms of they're going to get more opportunity. But uh, what really matters in the playoffs is going to, it's going to come down to Mikel and DeAndre's offensive development and their consistency. So with Booker out, I think it's a perfect time to experiment a little bit. Uh, the win streak's over too. So there's not as much pressure, I feel like, um, for regular season games. But overall, I'd just like to see Mikel get more involved, get the field goal attempts up to 10 plus. I think him and DeAndre both should. There's no excuse for them not to be shooting 10-plus field goal attempts per game with Booker out. Um, even with Booker healthy, I'd like to see them around that range. But obviously, they're they're a balanced attack, so it's, it's tough to get those numbers consistent. But, uh, yeah, I think between Mikel and DeAndre, just getting them in, as involved as possible, uh, whether that's them getting buckets or creating buckets for others. I really like that pass from DeAndre, too, that you know quick oh, one-handed yeah. skip pass to Mikel. So stuff like that just – it's going to help out in the playoffs. I think that was the only shot Mikel took after he hurt his finger. Yeah, uh, totally. That skip pass to him on the perfect catch. He's like, I got to shoot this. This is yeah. that was just too good. Uh, yeah. So Mikel stepping up a little bit offensively. What I also uh, recall seeing in preseason uh, that I liked was that they had Mikel running off double, triple screens, you know, like Booker does to get open and catch it. Um, in the in the inside the arc on the move and decide what to do with it, whether to take a midi or to or to drive a little bit hard, further in, but end up with a short jumper. And Mikel started looking like he his his uh, his rhythm was good in preseason. I wonder if we'll see some of that too in running him off of screens and getting him the ball a little bit more on, on offense. So so we'll see. I, I think this is a great opportunity for DA to be more aggressive offensively for the Suns to be more focused on getting D.A. the ball and getting Mikel the ball. Uh, Chris Paul does not want to carry the team. Uh, sorry, shooting-wise. He wants to carry the team running the offense, but he wants to be able to pass the ball before he shoots the ball. He only wants to shoot when he when he needs to, when the Suns need him to, to make a difference in the game. He'd rather have 10 field goal attempts before the or less, maybe five field goal attempts before the fourth quarter, and then just decide what he has to do at that point. Uh, Friday's game did not turn out to need. Uh, there was no opportunity for Chris Paul to pull the Suns back into the into the game, and so it just didn't happen. And the Suns were just tired. They were on the second game of back-to-back, third game in four nights, the first one of those being super emotional against the Warriors. So it, it just kind of happens. Uh, but I am looking forward to Mikel and DA stepping up offensively in the next couple of weeks. Um uh, P Dog 6 said, "Must Suns must trade for Thad Young yesterday." Um, I look, Thad Young would be a nice uh, wing, extra wing to put out there instead of Ish Wainwright. 
Yes, 100%. Totally agree. Better than Abdel Nader, who's been missing for a few weeks because of a sore knee? Yes, absolutely. But um, Thad Young's not going to help your offense. He can pass a little bit from the high post. He can do a little bit of Frank Kaminsky on the high post, but he's not going to shoot. Uh, he's not going to shoot at all. We saw him against San Antonio. Uh, sorry, when the Suns played San Antonio, and we'll see him again on Monday when the Suns play San Antonio again. Um, he's playing light minutes. He's been playing light minutes for a few years now. He's not quite the same player he was, but he would be he would be pretty good. I mean, Dario type without the three point shot is that what you like? Then great. Um, do the Suns need bodies? Yes. Should Ish Wainwright be in the rotation? Probably not. Um, so yeah, I think that would be good for, uh, for the Suns to get like a, someone like a Thad Young for those reasons, but don't expect him to have helped much on Friday because the Suns defense was pretty good. It's the offense that stunk and, uh, and, and that's not going to help a ton with that. What are your thoughts on Thad Young? It's okay to be totally different than me. That was just my thoughts. Uh, yeah, I'd love to add him. I think he'd help with, uh, defense, especially, and just, uh, turning defense into offense. Like, obviously, I agree he's not going to really help with scoring or anything like that, but just doing little things, adding depth uh, to a rotation that's extremely thin right now. Like we are talking about earlier, just how, you know, Dario's taking up a roster spot. You have Frank and uh, Nader both, like, kind of their statuses are up in the air. Uh, you know, Booker's out. So I think if you're going to make a move, this is probably the right time to do it because you're one more injury away from – this rotation really falling apart in terms of Alfred Payton's already your ninth man right now. And then beyond him, it's, uh, you know, Wainwright and Jalen Smith, who is getting, uh, you know, it's, it's not encouraging to see him getting passed up on and, and for Ish Wayne or yeah, Ish Wainwright in the rotation. So um, yeah, I think that that would be great just in terms of depth and making sure that, you know, there's not going to be a game where, you know, you're relying too much on some of those lesser options. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we, what we just saw on Friday, because we talked about Booker being out, uh, just now mentioned yeah. Abdel Nader is out. Frank Kaminsky is also out. And of course, Dario for the whole year. Um, if, if the Warrior fans are going to bring up Clay Thompson, we're allowed to bring up Dario. It just is. Um, but, but really, the Frank minutes of, of being a high post passer, being a secondary playmaker next to uh, campaign was helpful. And um, and sorry, and Dario a year ago was helpful for campaign in the second unit. Abdel Nader, not a huge fan of Abdel Nader, but he does have length. He can he can uh, defend in the post. He can he can uh, defend on the perimeter, and uh, he can drive it. You know, put his head down and drive. And so he's he's got some value. Um, and those guys are all missing Friday. So what happens is, and then Mikel goes out for half of the second quarter. What happens is. The Suns are stuck with a, with having to play more ish, having to play more Jalen Smith, uh, guys like that. So I really don't, um, I don't, I don't blame us for being frustrated over Friday's loss. But some of Friday's loss is simply an add, additive of injuries and the uh, the second night of a back to back. So I wouldn't really, like you said, I'd put more stock into Wednesday's game than Friday's game, uh, but I'd. I wouldn't put a ton of stock into either. Uh, the Suns can be better than both games, as I guess is what I'm saying, but so can the Golden State Warriors. So we'll see. For Christmas is going to be fun to watch. Um, Kobe White has come up. Jim Rose Circus has brought up, should the Suns acquire someone like a Kobe White? Let's talk about that. 
So Kobe White is a what a six-two shooting guard. If you want Kobe White, then who's not going to play on the perimeter that's undersized? Yeah, I would be fine with them not going after Kobe White. I mean, he he could score and he'd help like in that sense. But uh, you know, their backcourt of Payne and Chamit, I think, is is fine in terms of a reserve duo. Um, I think someone like Thad Young, going back to him, or like even Larry Nance Jr. If oh if, god, uh, Larry Nance Jr. would just be a, a wet dream, you know. I mean, that would be ideal. I don't know. The Blazers would really have to be ready to blow it up, but yeah, they ideal. look like it. Ideal. I mean, they're they're on that trajectory where they're like, if they yeah. go, hit a rough stretch, like they could easily blow it up with how things are going and Lillard, Lillard's injury status. So that's a name to watch. But yeah, I think adding a guy like that, not to like dismiss Kobe White, but um, that's more important to like match up with a team like the Warriors because you know Thad or or Nance can guard Draymond when they go small. Yeah and spell DeAndre um, occasionally throughout the game. And the team like the Clippers, too, when they go small with Morris, um, you know, those are guys that you can throw in there to, to kind of neutralize those small ball lineups. And so, yeah, I think that's more of a priority than, like, a guard. I think their guard rotation is pretty much set. Uh, they could maybe use one more, like a, I saw some suggestions of Langston Galloway bringing him back just for depth. Uh, On Twitter, but, yeah. But, yeah, I mean – Overall, We're obsessed I, with bringing back our, our old fan faves. Yeah. But I'm not sure Langston. See, the thing is, the Suns, even though with all these injuries, they still have enough undersized guards. Yeah. Uh, so so you don't necessarily I'm with you. I don't, I don't think they need another guard. Yeah. Jim corrected it. He was making a joke about uh, Kobe because of somebody else's comment. That's totally fine. Um, but that is a guy that other Suns fans have mentioned, and that's why I brought it up um, and, and gave some gave some air to that comment. I would, yes, the Suns need a guy who's got some length and can play, um, you know, a, a combo three four for the Suns and can shoot a little bit, uh, but at least you know contribute like a Tory Craig did last year. Suns picked him up at the trade deadline or before two weeks before the trade deadline for cash considerations, and he became an important part of the team. I'm sure that kind of thing will happen again this year, yeah. and when it does, at first we'll all be like him, what? Really? Because it won't be the dude everybody wanted on Twitter. And then um, he'll start playing and we'll realize, God, James Jones did it again. So uh, uh, that'll happen at some point after the first of the year. But the Suns are not in any hurry. They just won 18 games in a row. They're not in any hurry to make any big changes. They just want people to get healthy. Yeah. And I actually have an article for Brightside that I've been sitting on just because it felt wrong to release it during a win streak. But just some names to watch either in the buyout market or trade market. So sometime uh, this coming week, I'll, I'll drop that. Yeah. Put that out there. Uh, that would be good. Um, <clears throat> what we need to remember, it's not really, again, it's not really relevant at the moment, but it will become relevant very soon. Yep. The Suns still have half of their mid-level exception that they can spend on a bought out player who's sitting on the open market right now. Nobody on the open market is better than Ish Wainwright. They just aren't. Okay, so nobody out there. We got to wait for good players to get released because their team is tanking and they're and they're um, a veteran on a young team or something like that. So that will. It's more likely that that young gets bought out than that he gets traded for a first round pick like the Spurs want him to be. So you just wait out the Thad Young type thing. Wait out other guys to get released a little bit, and then. The Suns still have half their mid-level exception they're allowed to spend on a free agent. 
and uh, they have a roster spot ready. So they don't even have to release anybody to get that. Um, so that's what the Suns are waiting for. They're waiting for what we just talked about. Indiana's had a tough year starting out. I don't know that they'll release Torrey Craig, Iverson Bloggs. Uh, let's get him again when Indiana, if Indiana buys him out. But they might want to relieve themselves of his salary if, you know, halfway through the year they're really, really out of the playoff picture. Uh, but I feel like we liked Torrey Craig. Indiana's going to like Torrey Craig. I don't know why the Bucks didn't. I don't know why the Denver Nuggets didn't. Who knows what happens with Torrey Craig, but he'd be fun to bring back. I'd bring him back. I would love to have him back. Um, Jim Rose Circus asks, when will Tank be back? Whew. Have you heard anything on Tank? I've heard a little bit, but have you heard anything? Nothing. It's been pretty quiet. The Suns like to keep, I feel like anytime it's like an extended injury, they're pretty quiet on that. So uh, the less you hear, probably the worse. Uh, but that could change quick. So who knows? It's, it seems like it's going to be a little bit of a long-term thing with him. Yeah. Whenever you hear the words stress reaction, at least it wasn't stress fracture. Yeah. So, but stress reaction can become stress fracture if you come back too soon. Um, unfortunately for Frank, he had, I forget what it was called two years ago, but he had something that kept him out for like the last three months of the season that wasn't supposed to keep him out for three months. Um, and it did, and it, and it knocked him out until right before the pandemic. Remember that he was playing until end of December. He was playing through some pain in his knee and then he didn't play again. And when he was about to be cleared by the doctors, when the pandemic started, so that was three months, um, I don't mean to say that every Frank injury is three months. I just mean that um, he's going to be conservative. The Suns are going to be conservative. A stress reaction is something that you really, really have to wait out until it's clear. Because if you don't wait that out, that can become a fracture, and then you're really out for the year. So uh, we don't know about Frank. The Suns are being very tight-lipped, and that just means they're not even looking at it right now. They're just waiting out. They're waiting out something. He's with the team, obviously. You see him in all the little uh, videos of Monty talking to the team and stuff like that and bench. Uh, he's, he's with the team. He's moving fine, but he can't play NBA basketball. So uh, we don't know about Tank. I really hope he does come back. I've been thrilled with how he played so far this year. So but that's the thing. Tank will at some point come back. Abdel Nader had an, as another guy who had a lingering three-month injury last year with a knee, and now he's got a knee issue again this year. I don't know when he'll be back either. Um, so we can't really count on those guys. If they just show up, great. What's going to happen soon sooner is Devin Booker coming back from the hammy and Mikel Bridges recovering from his from his dislocated finger uh, more to the, to the point where he can be aggressive offensively. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think uh, their big man rotation too with Dario taking up a roster spot and like who knows when he'll be back. But yeah. we're getting to the point where it's like, should we even include Dario in a trade uh, just because of how soon his return is going to be? And that's why I think the buyout market could be the move for them. And yeah, maybe if things go, I mean, that already sounds pretty frustrated with San Antonio. So mm -hmm. maybe on Monday night, he just kind of changes locker rooms and, you know, Popovich hands him off to the, to the Suns. Uh, but yeah, I think they're definitely going to need to make a move. It's, it's going to happen. They have an open roster spot for a reason. Uh, like you said, just there's a lot of bad teams out there that are, struggling and even with the play-in game it's like there's like you know five or five to seven teams that they're they're going to release some guys so it's good to have not only the open roster spot but the financial means to 
you know, outbid pretty much anyone else. So definitely sure. something in the coming months that it will happen. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, I'm thinking January, February, right? Because the February is the trade deadline. So duh, Dave, uh, Captain Obvious. But even January might be a time where guys start getting released by teams that uh, they're, they just don't have the right fit and they're veterans who want to go to a better situation. The Suns are extremely attractive this year. Let's talk about that. Uh, usually the Suns are not the team everyone wants to go to. They want to go to the Lakers. They want to go to the Clippers. They want to go to a contender. Well, the Suns are that contender this year, and they're two years into being a contender, so it doesn't look like they're a flash in the pan anymore. So I would expect that that um, that bought-out players will be more interested in signing with the Suns than they might have even been a year ago. Uh, and um, so we'll just see how that all works, but I would think the Warriors – uh, to their extent, whoever, whatever they want uh, to add to their team, and the Suns will be kind of the destinations this year for for players who are bought out to to sign on. However, I want to caution against signing on signing the biggest name players to that bought out. You know, to, to your 15th roster spot. Like last year, who was it that got released? Was it Andre Drummond? Uh, somebody? What? Yeah, and he would not have been a good fit here. And you can't just because his name is big doesn't mean he's going to be a great fit. I would expect James Jones to get an under the radar kind of guy. We've talked about that young so much. It becomes almost like that's no way that's ever going to happen because it's we talk about it too much. Um, but there'll be a guy similar to that. And then he'll come in like a Tory Craig. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I don't think James Jones is going to go after the biggest name on the market. Yeah, it'll be someone like Kenrich Williams from from OKC, just a six seven tank, just yes. like some ran, some random person like that. Uh, like you said, that'll probably end up being the move. Just because anytime you think you have James Jones figured out, he goes and does something completely different. Um, so I yeah, love I the Kenrich Williams type of idea. It's going to be someone yeah. like that who is a a good rotational player and got cleared you know got released because he wants to sign with a winning more of a winning team and his and his and his bad team agrees with him that he can go so or it's a trade where the suns give up a future second round pick or something like that oh man speaking of future second round picks what did you think i'm going to do a bit of a deviation here what did you think of the nba's tampering outcome so they're pissed off that teams pre-negotiate deals and a couple of big deals happened within two minutes of the deadline of the um, of the uh, free agency period starting. And so the league undertook a three month investigation. And what was the penalty? A future second round pick. What, did you, what do you think of that? Is that going to discourage tampering in the future? I know it's not going to discourage James Jones or the Suns and probably half the NBA because second round picks are tossed around like, you know, they're worthless on draft night most of the time um so yeah it's just a slap on the wrist i think it was just kind of like let's show them that we we pretend like we're caring so we're going to take away your second round pick um you know if they really wanted to stop teams from tampering that it would be a little more harsh than that uh so yeah i don't i don't think it's going to be stopping it anytime soon tampering goes on all the time uh they just happen to get caught and now they're paying the the uh pretty extreme punishment of losing a second round pick. So I'm not sure how either franchise will recover from that. Yeah, no kidding. I know. Nice sarcasm there. It's like they would have in those deals, if they would have talked to the league on, on, on free agency day and the league said, we're going to find you. 
unless you add one more future second round pick to the deal, they all would have included that second round pick. So I think that actually is encouragement more than discouragement for teams to actually uh, uh, freely negotiate before the moratorium is over because all you're going to lose is one more of those second round picks nobody wants. So um, I actually think that was a terrible outcome. If the league wants to reduce tampering, if the league only wanted to put lipstick on the pig and wanted the pig to still be running around, there you got it. It's still going to happen. Tampering has not been affected at all. In fact, it's been encouraged by that outcome by the, by the league. So now the Suns can, can we get Sarver on tampering too? Hello. <laughs> well, um, if you want to get rid of the owner, don't accuse him of tampering because the NBA doesn't care. That's what we just established. Uh, so don't worry about the tampering. On that. In fact, the Suns should engage in tampering because all you're going to lose is a second round pick and James Jones doesn't like those anyway. It's yeah, their only pick this year too. So uh, yeah, what are the, what are the um, odds you think they even use it? I think they're I feel just bad sell for it. you, man. You're going to have to become more national on your draft coverage because the Suns are, yeah. are not using the draft any anytime soon. Anymore. Oh yeah, it's it's a uh, long gone. So well, <laughs> I don't think I, I think that pick's going to be sold for cash. Uh, the you know, second late, pick? it'll be a late second round. It's going to so be thrown it? in. It's just yeah. going to be thrown into some deal to 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 because every NBA trade requires some equity going each way. Um, and it'll be traded instead of cash or in addition to cash on something. Yeah, absolutely. The Suns are not going to be picking in the next year's draft. They've already given up their first-round pick for the Chris Paul trade to the Thunder, and it's going to be like almost the last pick in the in the first round. So, um, yep, for the third year, second year in a row, the Suns are not going to be picking in the first round. <laughs> However, if I mean, you could say James Jones traded this year's first-round pick for um, – uh, Landry Shamit, you could say that worked out pretty well. Looking back on it now, uh, where do you think about that Shamit for Javon Carter and the late first round pick? Do you think that worked? Or would you still rather see what you could have gotten with that first round pick? So I think it's worked out fine in terms of you got a rotation player that can give you minutes and you have a tight window right now in, in, J in James Jones's eyes that you know you need players around Chris Paul. So I get it from that sense, but at the same time, I feel like there's so many options that are similar to like a Shamit in free agency that you can go out and sign. So um, I would have liked to use it in a different way, but that's just nitpicking. Uh, I thought there's some more interesting players out there that they could have tried to acquire, and, and they probably did. But um, yeah, overall, I'm fine with Shamit. I think that's probably about the best uh, they could have done just for the 29th and getting rid of Javon alone. But uh, yeah, it's it's just it just seems like they don't really have interest in in developing anyone right now, and they're kind of focused on just putting the best product on the floor uh, right now. So, uh, gotta respect Jones. He he sticks with you know what he does, and it's it's worked out pretty well. So it's hard to complain. Yeah, hello says need to see in the playoffs on Shamit, um, but if you and my question was in the context of Shamit or the first round pick, and. Javon Carter, right? Javon yeah. doesn't play well in the playoffs either. And the first round pick, not do anything, 29th so. pick in the first round is not going to play well in the playoffs either. So yeah. Shaman is your best bet to play well. But you're right, historically, hello, he has not played as well in the playoffs and he hasn't gotten as many minutes in the playoffs. And you know what? That's going to happen again this year because guess who's he, who he's backing up? He's backing up Devin Booker. 
And the Suns are going to stop limiting Booker's minutes once the playoffs start and Shamit's minutes will go down because of that. And that's usually yeah. what happens with him. Um, I just hope when he does play, he hits his normal number of shots. I like Shamit. I think he is a target for fans. Um, like he, the other night he made four out of eight threes. And I think the fans talked a thousand times more about the four misses than the four makes. Um, he did pretty well. I thought against the Warriors, he's just not Devin Booker. And so he's not going to be great, but that's not what the sun signed him for. Yeah. So, um, P dog 06. I don't respect Jones's drafting. Jones doesn't care about drafts. <laughs> he, he, does not. he doesn't respect his own drafting because he doesn't care about drafts because he knows you don't win games with rookies. You just don't. And if there's a guy he likes that he would have taken late in the first round or in the second round, he'll just trade for him later. He'd rather just do that than suffer through the rookie year. And uh, unfortunately, Jalen Smith has proven that he is right <laughs> on that. Um, for every Cam Johnson, you, you have about three Jalen Smiths. So, no, we, none of us respect Jones's drafting, P-Dog. We, we totally agree with you, and he would um, agree with you, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so we are about 46 minutes in. Uh, we've been taking the baller questions. If there's any we've missed, uh, post it again because the, the chat goes by kind of fast while we're talking. So if you have questions you really want answered, throw them back into the chat, even if you asked them earlier, if we haven't talked about this. Um, so, uh, but we did, we did take all the questions. Uh, so says Jay. Who's similar that they could have signed for all the, yeah, yeah I get it. You don't know uh, what could have happened. Everybody wants to create futures that are, you know, uh, new transactions that could have happened, but we don't know who wanted what to happen in the, uh, in the times that James Jones was negotiating picks yeah. and, uh, and drafts and all that. Um, I'll throw a name out there. And this is like, I mean, obviously there has to be mutual interest and players have to want to go there too but uh patty mills went for pretty cheap to the nets so i think the Mid-level way they did exception it, yeah they, not only did, yeah so they could have split that with like him and mcgee or something got creative but then mcgee would have to take a little bit less if um, the suns could have gotten patty mills that would have been the bomb see and but then what, they might not have re-signed campaign true i think they could have probably fit both of them in because you know looking at the, their cap space right now. It would be tight, but there, there'd be some... Mills, some Mills and Payne could have played next to each other just like they're doing with Shamit, right? Yeah. And I mean, yeah. Shamit's obviously younger and probably Jones sees him more as like a long-term potential fit. He so, definitely does. Get, He's the second youngest guy in their rotation. Yeah. So I get it from that perspective. And even a guy like Langston Galloway, like theoretically could do what Shamit does in terms of like the shooting gravity. So to me, it's like, I don't really know how playable Shamit is in the playoffs. Like, uh, so in the regular season, there's like a lot of replaceable shooters that you could sign, but, but yeah, I think overall it's, it's tough to, that's just throwing out some hypotheticals, but it's tough to really gauge who wanted to be in Phoenix and you know, how that whole trade went down and like what other targets they looked at. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been interesting. Patty would have been great. I've always liked his, uh, and he's a Spurs guy, right? So I've always liked his attitude. I like how hard he plays. Uh, he stays within himself, and he and he hits big shots. And the Suns need big shot makers. Um, I will point out that Landry Shaman has made a uh, the last in, on Wednesday and on excuse me 
Tuesday and on Thursday, the Warriors game and the Pistons game, uh, Shamit did make big three pointers to help seal the win in each time, in each case. So he, he has hit some good shots, but I wouldn't count on him. Like I would have a Patty Mills for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I think that's all I saw in the chat that we haven't touched. Hello says Avery Bradley is similar to Shamit. Eh, he's not actually, mm, no, um, uh, I'm not sure. Maybe you're joking. Hello. I'm, uh, I don't, I can't tell if you were joking, sarcasm's lost in chat, but Avery Bradley is about the opposite of Shamit in terms of like, he might be similar in stature. He can't shoot, but he plays good man on defense. Avery Bradley is like Javon, more like Javon Carter than uh, Landry Shamit because he, um, he plays good man on defense. He's too small for any real switching off, uh, switching defensive schemes and he can't shoot. Yeah. So, and to be clear, I don't think uh, Langston is the same as Landry. I'm saying you could sign a cheap, replaceable shooter like that and still go out and use your money elsewhere. So that's kind of the point I'm making. And I think Brooklyn is an example. Of, they they did it pretty pretty well. They got a first-round pick, and they replaced Shamit with Mills. So that's just kind of the example I was using. Um, I definitely think Landry's better than, than Langston. But when it comes to the playoffs, like how sure are we that Landry can – make that big of an impact and Brooklyn clearly didn't think he could. So I think that's kind of why they're, you know, able to move on from him and why he's been on a different team yeah. almost every year in his career. I feel like this is a lazy comment to make, but it's totally true. We all would have built this team differently, right? Yeah. Every one of us would have made different decisions. How confident are we that we would have made the, enough decisions to create an 18 game winning streak and a finals appearance? I mean, I know we all would have done things differently, but we uh, and we do give James Jones all the credit in the world. And we love James Jones, uh, but man, it's uh, it's hard to it's it's great to be a Suns fan right now. Let's just say that it's great to be a Suns yeah, fan. Absolutely. Right oh, perplex damage. See, this is the hate that Shamit gets. I love it. You know what? You know the greatest thing about Shamit? So Perplex Damage says, Shamit is like the infomercial that you watch and you buy the product and then you hate after hate it after you use it. Um, what I think is great, the best contribution Shamit can make to the team is he takes some heat off DA. <laughs> because he's, he's becoming the guy everyone's cracking jokes about. There so, needs hey, to be a scapegoat every night. So that's I worth think 10 million a year nights. right there. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think that's what it is. It's the if you didn't sign the extension, I think the conversation would be a lot different, and it really shouldn't be like that. Just because it's essentially a two-year, twenty million dollar deal, and yeah, he's very tradable. So I don't really, I think the Shamit hate has gone a little bit too overboard. Uh, like he's going to hit a hot streak soon and kind of you know quiet the the naysayers. But yeah, overall, I I think every night there just needs to be a scapegoat and. He's shooting very confidently sometimes, and it's it's missing. So it's kind of like that Jay, Jay Crowder type feel where it's like he's going yeah. to keep shooting. So uh, even if he's having an off night, so that sometimes that can frustrate Suns fans. But um, I think his shooting will come up big, and he's going to hit a stretch where you know he's going to turn some heads for sure. So I'm I'm not as low as uh, I probably sounded on him earlier, but yeah, I've seen some some of that in game t- like the live tweets about Shamit and. Yeah. Suns fans are not kind. a lot of, yeah, but then, you know what? It, 
if it takes some, you know, some heat off a DA, that's great. Hello. Yeah. Nader was the scapegoat. He went down, so we had to move to Shamit. <laughs> that's <laughs> okay. so true. That's fine. And Frank used to be a scapegoat, but then he started playing well. And so every time Frank, that's actually a good thing now. Yeah, he went so, from yeah, scapegoat to like Frank is out. Like that's yeah. a valid excuse. That... Can we recover from the Kaminsky injury? <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So let's talk uh, to spend a couple of minutes talking about what's to come with the Suns, uh, and then we'll head out of here. It's been almost an hour already. Um, coming up next, the Suns only have two games. Back to early season um, uh, scheduling wise, Suns have only two games in the next week. They play the Spurs on Monday at home and then the Celtics on Friday. Um, so it's a very light week for the Suns. And uh, um, what do you think? What's your prediction? Are they going to go 2 0? I think so. Uh, I think 2 0. I could see Booker returning on Friday possibly for that, you know, ESPN game against Boston. He's out over a week to rest. Uh, maybe they're cautious with him and just say, you know, let's stick it out a little bit longer. But um, even if he doesn't return, you know, Boston's very like they have a lot of talent, but they've been a very beatable team this year. So um, that should be a pretty close one, I think. But uh, they should be able to take care of San Antonio as long as, you know, they don't overlook them too much. Um It'll be their a home game after like two days of rest. So uh, they should be able to lock in and take that one down for sure. So I'll go 2 0. Yeah, I'm going 2 0 as well. I mean, those guys, as long as the, it doesn't even matter if Booker plays either game, I don't think. The Suns are good enough and will be rested enough and focused enough, I, I believe, to beat both San Antonio and Boston. So I say 2 0. I think it's a fairly easy call. Boston's been really average this year. They might go on a hot streak again, but they've been really average this year. So I, I'd say the Suns do that. And then after that, we'll be back before any other games beyond there. But uh, they're at the Clippers, at the Blazers. They host the, I was going to say Bullets. They host the Wizards and the Hornets. Then they're at the Lakers. I mean, this is a pretty, and then hosting Oklahoma City for the first time this year, I think. Um, and then finally, the Christmas Day game against Golden State. So um, I would expect that the Suns are still in first or second place in the West, uh, depending on how, how much of a run Golden State goes on. And uh, that's going to be one hell of a Christmas Day game against Golden State. Uh, so we've got a great, uh, fun month coming up. And the Suns are going to be winning a lot of games. They're still going to be winning a lot of games for sure. Uh, so over the next week, with Booker out, we talked about Bridges and Aiton stepping up. What else do you think needs to happen in the next week and should should happen in the next week for the Suns to uh, to continue to build on this on this foundation they've got? Uh, not much needs to change, really, other than it, hopefully campaign doesn't go three for 17 again. Um, I think, you know, obviously just sharing the ball, maybe Chris getting a little more aggressive early on offensively could help. Um, but I think for the most part, he's just going to be looking to to get Mikel and Aiden going. And, and Cam Johnson's kind of the, the wild card a little bit where like, he's a guy that if Booker does miss multiple games, like he's, he's the guy that could step up and get some, some big time minutes and opportunity uh, throughout the stretch. So uh, just continue to play as a team and, you know, weather the storm, I think they're built to win games without Booker in the regular season. That's kind of the beauty of like the depth that Jones has, has built at the guard position. So 
Um, for the most part, just weather the storm, get Mikel and DeAndre more involved, and uh, they'll be fine. You know, they're probably not going to win 18 in a row again, but, you know, as long as they can continue to stay atop the West, they'll, they'll be fine. Hey, the season the Suns won 17 in a row was that 06 07 season, I believe. Yep. Yeah. And they um, had preceded it with a 15 game win streak. So they won 15, lost two out of three, then they won 17. So overall, 33 out of 36. So that is insane. But the Suns already did the 18. So are they going to lose two out of three here? Probably not because they're going to, we both think they're going to win the next two games. So they're going to start a new win streak. They'll have a two game win streak next time we're on doing this. Um, how long do you think? What do you think? You think they're going to build at least another 10 game win streak? Or do you think it's uh, going to be? I don't know. This is tough to predict because we'd have to look at the schedule and, and predict injuries and all. But I think the Suns are more likely to have another 10-game-plus win streak this year than not. I think they will, too. Um, I don't think it's going to come during this stretch just because of, you know, they have, like, I think a back-to-back, a uh, pretty tough one later on in the stretch, and Booker's out. Um, and then, obviously, the Golden State game on Christmas Day. So they have some tough games. I think maybe January, uh, February, in that range, they could probably go on another tear once everyone's back and and maybe they add another piece too. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But I, I do think they have another great stretch of basketball left in the regular season. They've definitely not peaked. That's one thing that uh, we talked a little bit about that with Chris Herring, how pretty much across the board all their percentages have kind of dipped, like efficiency-wise. So I think, you know, some of that stuff's going to average out, and uh, we'll see some better basketball for sure. Yeah. So, okay. Ballers, you're in the chat here. Tell us, are they going to go 2-0 this week? Or are they going to uh, lose one of these games and why? I It just feels like it's going to be 2-0. The Celtics game is going to be a little bit tough. Uh, but, yeah, I think uh, I think they're definitely going to go 2-0. Um, all right. So leave your prediction in the comments. We appreciate your time today. I love that uh, you guys joined us on Saturday morning after a loss. Usually we don't get as many, uh, you know, people aren't wanting to talk about the Suns as a group like this again right after a loss. So we appreciate you guys coming. I love all you guys as, as regulars on the show. Thank you very much. Zona, tell us where they can find you um, uh, outside of this podcast. Yeah, I appreciate everyone in the chat jumping in. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at ZonaHoops underscore. Um, I work at Brightside of the Sun and ZonaHoops.com. And, you know, hopefully we'll have another mini streak to talk about next week. Yep. Um, yep. My name is Dave King. You can find my work on Twitter at Dave King NBA. Those are just my thoughts. And sometimes those thoughts really piss off Warriors fans, but that's okay. I don't mind. Um, and then <clears throat> you can find my work at brightsideofthesun.com. That's where all my writing is. That's everything I do besides the podcast in my basketball life. So, Go look at brightsideofthesun.com for our work. Watch this solar panel. I do want to, before we close out, I do want to play a reminder that you guys should be uh, subscribed to our podcast on your pod forms because we do extra podcasts during the week that you don't see on, on YouTube. Um, I, sometimes I put them up on YouTube, but sometimes I don't. So I want you guys to subscribe to our podcast on your podcast.